How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, back at it again, continuing on our study of the book of Philippians. We're in the last chapter. So, please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. And again, we're just going to be using the three points of the Christian faith, the three points of Bible study, interpretation, application, demonstration, the what, the how, the why, uh, to figure out uh, uh, what Scripture is talking about, how we can understand it, how we compare Scripture with Scripture to rightly divide the word of truth, and why we should apply it to ourselves for our own learning, <clears throat> as well as learning how to use the principle, the clear interprets the unclear. So with all of these in hand, and we got all our uh, study material ready, we got our tea, and we got our coffee, got our breakfast, or whatever it is you're having. Come join us at the table and turn to Philippians chapter 4. And again, if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the study at hand, Please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If there's anything that you see you'd like to add in regarding the study, uh, something you'd like to go over again for clarification, or just like to comment on something that, 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 that we're studying here, please feel free to do so. Feel free to chime in. Uh, we love the interaction. We love it when others join in and uh, study with us like that. So please feel free to do so. If it's not related to the topic at hand, though, if you could just hold that to the end of the study or to the next broadcast, as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing. Also, uh, just uh, again, a reminder for you folks, um, as uh, next week uh, we'll be taking off, there'll be no broadcasts next week. So from the 25th to the 1st, there'll be uh, no broadcasts. So... Just in case you're wondering where we are, what's going on. <clears throat> and uh, we'll be back in the new year with a new study. And so I hope you'll join us in with that as well. Okay, so... <clears throat> in continuing our study... And we take a look here, back up again into chapter 3 just a little bit. Um... Just to get a bit of a summarization of that, uh, of the last bit. We see in verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven. So we see uh, uh, the way we talk, think, work, walk. We, uh, we cover that in great detail about the all-encompassing, the immersion into Christ's likeness. So that in everything that we do, and how we show ourselves to others. And Paul going through Philippians and talking with them about this. About the great joy and the peace and the power and the gladness of the faith that the Philippians are, are portraying. And how they're such a beautiful encouragement to Paul. And he's trying to be uh, just as an encouragement to them. So we see this back and forth. As the scriptures say, as iron sharpens iron. So the countenance of your friend sharpens yours. They take two swords or knives and on edge on edge and it would sharpen them. And this is how we help each other. We sharpen each other. We strengthen each other. We help each other. So we see the Philippians and Paul just like this. Like two swords sharpening each other. <clears throat> keening up the edges. So you see our conversation. 
the way we talk. We don't talk downcast. We don't talk depressed. We don't talk negative. We speak in ways of glorification of the Lord. Like we see, for example, where the people were, the Jews were, were all cast down and uh, beside themselves and they're backed against the Red Sea and they started to, you know, cast away their hope. You know, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, wringing their hands and Moses uh, challenging them to uh, stand fast in the Lord uh, and that uh, the Lord would deliver them. So instead of looking at the, the standard, the glass is half empty. Rather, we see it is that the glass can be full running over. We know that the Lord will fill it up and it'll be running over. It's not even half full. That the cup is the cup and the Lord is the one that fills it. It's not what's in it is reality. The reality is that God can fill it to overflowing. So we see that the Lord is not held to the laws of physics. He's not held to our standard of reality. And that he is above us. His mind is above us. His ways are above us. Our conversation is of the of the infinite power and abilities of the Lord. This is where joy, peace, and gladness comes in. When uh, the calmness of the mind, as we talked about in the last one, of the peace and power of the saints, comes in understanding that the Lord is able, even when everything else is screaming that it is not. The Lord is able. He will deliver. He will help. He will comfort. He will protect. He'll provide. We don't need to worry about a thing. Our conversation is in heaven. And so this is uh, the context here and how the Lord will change all things in verse 21. And then we go into chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, because of this, because of this, as Paul is saying, because the Lord is able and our joy, our peace, our gladness is in the Lord. Therefore, my brethren dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord my dearly beloved. Now look at the language here. Look at the language in verse 1. My brethren. So right here in the first bit, acknowledging of the familial relationship. As we are blood brothers, blood sisters in Christ. If you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior, you and I are more closely related by the blood of Christ, then you are related to even your own family. Think about that. Think about that. We are blood brothers, blood sisters. Uh, blood family. And blood brothers, blood sisters in the Lord. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, dearly beloved, not just blood, but dearly, that close, intimate relationship of a loving family, brothers and sisters in Christ, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for he longs to be with them and to be with them uh, to to be face to face in fellowship sitting at the same table he longs to be with them longed for my joy that the the philippians as as paul puts it are his encouragement from the lord uh, the Lord has given Paul, the church of Philippi, the Philippians, the, uh, the Lord has given Paul, th these people, to be his encouragement. Do you ever think uh, uh, like that, just for a moment? I think that, what if 
you are meant to be the encouragement, the joy of, of another saint uh, to help them, to strengthen them, to keep them going. To have that thought, to have that Im impression on others, my joy and crown, that that, that which, the, the language is so elevated, my crown, my crowning joy, my crowning achievement, because we think about this for a moment, what is Paul seeking to do? Lead people to Christ, found churches, and pass on the knowledge of Christ. What a greater crowning achievement of that than the church of Philippi. That's what he means by crown. That, that they are the crowning achievement of the epitome of Christianity. They are the epitome of Christianity. My joy and crown so stand fast. Now we talked about this. To stand fast in this. In Christ-like Christianity, the, the born-again Christian faith. Stand fast, that's to root your feet so you're unmovable and you, you, can't, you can't be knocked back, can't be knocked off balance, and you ground yourself, root yourself, you cement yourself in this. As the soldiers, talk about the soldiers in the battle line, in the formation, where they plant their feet and, they, and the, the way they, they bend their knees they and they stand there, and they got the shield and the sword, the spear, and they're all shoulder to shoulder lined up, and they can't be moved. They create a perfect shield wall. This is what this is. Stand fast, ready for battle to defend this, to keep yourself in this, to promote this, to stand fast in the Lord. Not stand fast in church history, denominationalism, catechism, commentaries, creeds, or any other thing. Opinions, feelings, experiences. No, stand fast in the Lord. Now, this is also the Lord's doctrine as we compare Scripture to Scripture, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, line upon line, precept upon precept, we see is, uh, uh, them talking about if any others come and bring any other doctrine, any other gospel, any other teaching that would be contrary to the doctrine which we have given to you, avoid them. So we see, stand fast in the Lord and the Lord's word, the Lord's doctrine, the Lord's teaching, the Lord's theology. Stand fast in the ways of the Lord. The ways of the Lord, the ways of Christ's likeness, the ways of glory. Now, as we talked about previously, about, about the way we walk and the way we perceive things like we're already there. With our head in the clouds, we live like we're already there. Stand fast in this, the ways of the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, see... It puts in verse 2, I beseech Yodius and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. These other evangelists and, and uh, servants of the Lord as uh, there at, uh, uh, that go out from Paul to pass on the word as he beseeches them and instructs them in the same way and the same things of staying in the same faith of the same behavior. I beseech Yodius and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, as these ones that I send to you constantly and to come, that come and help you and encourage you to give you word and news and what's going on, as I tell them, so, I, so say I to you. 
It's the same thing. I tell everybody the same thing Paul says. I try to preach the same thing, the same message of the same joy, the same faith. So he tells it to everyone. And I entreat thee also, uh, Philippians, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. Now, yoke fellow. Now, this is language here uh, that comes from, when we take a look at the uh, uh, yoke of oxen, where they have, have, the, have the two bulls and they put the yoke over them and uh, the locks, locks them in step and they pull together. They push together. They work together. Step in step in the same thing. Yoke fellow, like we are yoked together just like that. And we walk step in step of the same faith, same mind, same heart, same spirit. True yoke fellow. I entreat thee, true yoke fellow. So we press together. And we see in verse 14 of chapter 3. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we see we have this, this weight that is placed on our shoulders which is the cross. I carry the cross. We, we carry the cross and we, we press, we pulling, and it's a work. It's a labor, the labor of love, the work of the Lord. We labor in the Lord. Now, as we know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, the Lord says my yoke is easy. True yoke fellow. Do you see how it all ties in here? And so we have a work. And we see the Lord uh, talking about uh, a man who puts his hands to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom. Now, that's an interesting one. Now, this is referring back uh, to, we see Elijah, when he's calling Elisha, when Elisha was working in the field and he was plowing. And the Lord told Elijah to uh, to go and pick Elisha to be the one that would uh, that, that would take up the charge after Elijah was gone. And so Elijah comes and calls Elisha. And Elisha says, well, let me go and say bye to my family and finish up my things at home first, and then I will come. And Elijah challenged him about that, uh, about uh, not just dropping everything to serve the Lord. And immediately, without missing a beat, Elisha just kills the oxen and uh, sacrifices them to the Lord, burns the plow, and just walks w- walks away and follows Elijah. So the Lord Jesus is actually referring back to Elisha about putting your hands to the plow, looking back. We have a, a work to do, and we can't worry about everything else in this world. We have, we have a yoke to carry, and we can't be worried about other things. Because what happens when we're marching forward, and we're pulling the plow, which is furrow, uh, causing the furrows in the earth for the seed of the Word of God to be planted in the earth? You see the language here, and how, how we are serving the Lord and working to get the seed of the Word of God to go into the earth. What happens if we start looking back? It's going to get off the crook. It'll be made crooked. The crooked ways. We need the crooked ways made straight. Now, how do you do that? Eyes on the prize. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to make the crooked ways straight. So we so we lock eyes with Christ and we work. We put our shoulder to the plow and we push. We keep working. We keep laboring. We don't worry about other things. We don't look to the sides. We don't look behind, forgetting the things that are past. Forgetting the things which are past. Don't even worry about tomorrow. Just do what you have to do today. One thing, put your, put your shoulder to the plow, grit your teeth, and just push. Work. 
labor, serve the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, true a true yoke. Now, a true yoke we see is one where it's balanced. Because if you get if you get a, a large ox over here and and a tiny little goat over here, you're gonna have a little bit of a problem. Or you get, you get a little donkey on this side, it's gonna be offset. One press is different, and it's not gonna be balanced. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be trued. So how do you do that? Well, it's all by the same doctrine of the same faith, of the same joy, of the same crown, of the same peace, of the same cross, of the same spirit, so that it's equal across the board. No one's better than anyone else. We see we work together as servants of the Lord, as disciples of Jesus Christ, in the same gospel, we're balanced. Of the same faith, of the same Christ, of the same cross, we're balanced. And we'll be pressing equally for the mark, for the prize. I entreat thee, I challenge you, true yoke fellow. And look what he says here in, in verse 3. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. If only those certain professed Christians would actually study their Bibles. You know who, the kind of people I'm talking about. The ones that really get up in arms and freak out about women being evangelists. Women uh, making uh, videos and on social media, reading the Bible and witnessing the faith. And talking, women aren't, aren't supposed to preach. Women aren't supposed to do anything. They're supposed to be silent. Help those women which labored with me, Apostle Paul, in the gospel. So you saying women can preach? No, what I'm saying here is what the word of God teaches is that women, as the word of God teaches, women can't be pastors, leaders of a local church. They can't be pastors, the teachers of a congregation. In the work of a pastor, they can't do that, and they can't be deacons. But women can be missionaries, evangelists. They can go out and promote the gospel in the street. They can uh, do uh, the women's Bible studies, teach the children, all this other stuff. They can witness the gospel everywhere. They can do all kinds of other stuff. They just can't be pastors or deacons, that's all. So Apostle Paul here is even uh, giving credence to this, to the women which labor in the gospel. So you see, uh, uh, men, as he's talking about the, uh, uh, encouraging the pastors and the deacons in Philippi and these others that, that are uh, serving with the Apostle Paul, then he's also referring to all those who are also behind the scenes that really help out and, and help providing and comfort and encouragement and everything else as well. The women which labored with me in the gospel. They labor in the gospel. Think of those words. They labor in the gospel. They too ha have a yoke on their shoulders and they're carrying a weight, which is the cross. They're helping to carry the cross. Women which labor with me in the gospel. With Clement also. Uh, there's uh, other women helping Clement, the women helping in Philippi. 
uh, and women uh, everywhere as uh, are believers helping serve the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life, rejoice in the Lord always. So in this labor of love, this labor of the cross, in this weight, in all things, again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Are there exceptions? Are there exceptions to this joy? No. Are there exceptions to rejoicing? No. But what about if, if everything goes wrong? Let's say, you know, the house burns down, you lose absolutely everything. Well, so did Job. And I know it's easy to say when it's not happening to you, but we look at examples of this. We see Job, uh, uh, everything was taken from him. He lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his house. He lost his livelihood. He lost everything. And then he lost his health. His wife turned against him. In a sense, lost his wife in that she turned against him railing on him, telling him to just curse God and die. And his friends turned against him. He lost everything, covered head to toe in boils. And he's sitting in a, in a pile of ashes where, in burlap, uh, uh, mourning and, and uh, seeking of the Lord. And he has a piece of broken pot, pot shirt, and he's scraping the boils the worst possible state a person could be in. What did he say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That even in the worst possible state, rejoicing in tribulations, that the Lord is still God. That my circumstances don't dictate reality. The state I am, the people around me, everything else going on, work, life, health, whatever, doesn't matter. The Lord is still king. The Lord is still God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Learn that in whatsoever state I am to rejoice, to praise the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. And my situation, my circumstances, my feelings, my opinions, my state is irrelevant. I live to serve the Lord. And if the Lord so deems that I, that I serve him like as John the Baptist with nothing, then so be it. If the Lord deems that I serve him with everything, so be it. Situation, health, wealth, prosperity, weakness, strength, doesn't matter. Situations are irrelevant. My, my circumstances are irrelevant. My feelings are irrelevant. The Lord is God. He is to be praised. Rejoice anyways. Rejoice anyways and again i say rejoice the key the key to understanding the walk with christ the key to understanding christ likeness is joy joy I bring you glad uh, good tidings of great joy. 
the great joy is that you are in the Lord. You may lose everything in this earth. You may lose everything. But look at what you're gaining. You may have lost everyone. But look at what you're gaining. Build up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Ignore the treasure on earth. You rejoice about whose names are in the book of life. You serve the Lord in fear and trembling. You rejoice that he is God and that he is able. Even the prospect of losing your own life, he can raise the dead if he so will. And even not, even if he doesn't, look at what he did with, uh, was it uh, Elisha's bones? That when Elisha was long dead, long dead, buried in the ground, his grave was forgotten. They didn't even know that his bones were in that grave. And they bring along another person and they bury this this man in the in the same tomb and over and over a period of time i forget how long it says it sa- says that the bones of elisha the dried bones of elisha moved over and fell over onto the corpse of the dead man and he was brought back to life the dead man was brought back to life he can use your dry bones so the point is is that the Lord would use you whatsoever state you're in. That the joy of the service of the Lord would be paramount. That it doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter where I am, what I am, what's going on, who's around me, what they're saying, what they're doing. It could be a party or it could be a dungeon. Who cares? Is you preach to the people and you promote the Lord Jesus Christ, whether they're their congregation or fellow fellow inmates, you, you, you proclaim the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You want your Christianity to be strong. You want your faith to be strong. You want your prayers to be strong. It's joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord. The zealousness. The fervency. To, uh, the zeal of the Lord. As it says, that uh, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. All-consuming. Again, going back to the language of the previous chapter, is the immersion. We're in full immersion, completely immersed in this, in the zeal, the fervency, the joy, the gladness, the power of it. It's all-consuming to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, spirit, strength, body, your whole being. Your senses, everything, all consumed. Because you don't care what happens. You don't care what's around you. You don't care what others say. Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 Regardless of circumstances and situation. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There we see uh, see it mentioned again. We're talking about this. When something is mentioned in the word of God, it's important. Very important. But when it's mentioned again, and again, and again, and again, and again, that means drop everything you're doing, sit down, pay attention. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known. Verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. What does he mean by that? Your moderation. How you moderate yourself. How you control yourself. How you control your language. How you control your behavior. Your moderation. Of the things that you would censor yourself of. Now, we talked about this, about the, about the, the curse of self-censoring, but we talked about that in context of promotion of the Lord. The things that we do censor, that we need to have better control of, we all struggle with this one, is to moderate our speech, especially the things we talk about. I know it's a problem, and I have a problem with it. I know I do. I try really hard to not talk about the news. It's a very, very hard one. It's a bit, bit of my, my, my problem. Is like, did you see what, what's going on? What crazy things happening now? We need to stop talking about it. We need to stop talking about the crazy things in this world. We need to stop talking about the pagans' heathenry. Let let the heathen rage. Let the kings of the earth rage and rant. Let, let's ignore them. We have a job to do, and none of their psycho-babbling nonsense is going to be able to stop this. They can't stop the church. They can't stop the word of God. They can't stop the gospel. Nero tried. Saul of Tarsus tried. All the pagans, all the heathens, all the godless, all the Baal worshippers tried. They failed. They, they failed. The Catholic Church tried. They failed. They can't stop us. So why are we worried about what they're doing? Elijah wasn't worried about the 400 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. They outnumbered him 400 to 1. He wasn't worried about it. He didn't care about that. He kept serving the Lord. He, he brought down the fire right in their face. It doesn't matter what the heathen do. Let the heathen rage. Ignore the news. You want to stop the, 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 the fear of the mind? Turn off the news. Turn it off. Ignore it. Ignore it. We were told it was going to happen anyways. We were told it was going to become as the days of not anyways. We were told it would be like the days of Sodom anyway. We were told that. Why are you surprised? Well, I know there is the aspect of personal shock. It is shocking. It is incredible when it does happen. And, you know, but we got to be careful because there are other people around us that it may not affect our joy in the sense that we're just talking about talking about it. But there are other Christians who, in hearing these things, it may ruin their joy. They may not be as sound as you, and it may trouble them more, and it may be a bit more of a stumbling block to them. Think about that. Careful who you talk to about these things. You don't want to cause them to be downcast. You don't want them to lose their joy. You want to encourage them. We want them to be to be encouraged and focusing on the Lord, not side-glancing at the crazy things of this world. So be careful what you talk about. So let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Right here. He's right here. He's right at your shoulder. He's at hand. 
meaning within hand grasp. He's right here with you. He's right there with you. The Lord is with us. The Lord is at hand. And he's coming back to reign. And we, as we see in the same context here, because of this, because the Lord is at hand, because we are to always rejoice, because of all these things that I have said, verse 6, be careful for nothing. What does that mean? Now, this word careful means, actually, when you look it up, it means full of care. Be full of care for nothing. That you don't worry about anything. You worry about nothing. You worry about nothing. Why? Because you cast your care upon him, for he careth for you. So therefore, you care about nothing, because he's the one that's worrying about it. He's the one that cares about it. He's the one that carries the weight to cast your burden upon the Lord. So be full of care for nothing about, uh, about things in this world, about whatsoever things you have need of. Be full of care for nothing. But in everything, but in everything. So be care careful for nothing. We don't worry about it. But in everything, from the great to the, mo to the smallest to the most minute, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So we talk about, about the Lord being able to provide. And we see in John 15, 7, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and shall be done unto you. We talk about Mark um, 11. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Uh, but uh, have faith in God for whatsoever things you ask in my name, I will do it. We love uh, talking about this we love promoting this we love quoting these the lord always providing our needs and and helping us and guiding us instructing us in all things but you know there there's more to it than that than just have faith there's more it's more than just have faith because you see here act there's actually some uh, fine detailed keys regarding this but your requests in everything that would be your request everything that's going on around you regardless what it is by prayer so we see yeah we are to pray about this and this is talking conversing with the lord by prayer and supplication what does this mean this this is the the deep reverential pleading of fellowship with the Lord and pleading with the Lord and spending detailed, intimate time with the Lord by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Why does it say that? Well, do you believe that the Lord will provide the thing that you have 
pleaded him about? Well, yeah, then thank him for it. But I haven't gotten it yet. Doesn't matter. Thank him for it. So being thankful in advance for the for the promises, for the promise that he will provide. The fact that he said he would provide whatsoever your needs would be, and then you ask of him, you thank him in the same breath for providing that need. Giving thanks, saying thank you in advance. Think about that one just for a moment, how that works in the mind. And what that does to the way you you see the Lord's provision. So in being thankful, there's no doubt that he will provide. In being thankful for it, for what he will do, fear is not able to get in. Doubt is not able to get in. Worry is not able to get in. Caring about it is not able to get in. See that? And in so doing, by this standard, your joy is full. Your joy is full. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Because otherwise we see an issue will arise, and that is James chapter 1. Because you make your requests known, and if you're not doing it with thanksgiving, what happens? James 1 verses 6 and 7. But let him ask in faith, because in faith we see immersion of faith. We see joy, gladness, careful for nothing. You're thankful. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Back and forth. Wavering. Waving. Like waves of the sea. Wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed up and down. He, he will provide, but I don't know. It's going well, but no, it's not. They're all over the place. I believe that the Lord will provide, but what if it doesn't happen? He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. The Lord will not hear your petition. He won't even listen to that request. That's interesting. So, there is a protocol to petitioning the ear of God. There's a protocol to petitioning the ear of God. In everything, by prayer and supplication, where, where have we heard this kind of similar language to before as well? Well, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, so the, the believers, the servants of the Lord, those saved by God, the children of God. If my people, my children, which are called by my name, should humble themselves, so we see humility. So the protocol for petitioning the ear of God. So if we actually go back and think about this, you may have seen it in movies. You may have read about the, these kinds of scenes in books or whatever. When individuals want to come up before the king, the emperor, that there are certain protocols of the court. You have to follow these protocols or you'll be cast out and the, and the king won't listen to you. 
uh, there's a certain behavior there's a certain respect of the court certain language to observe not, not to speak certain ways uh, that would be offensive and to be respectful and polite and you know there's there's proper mannerisms and protocol of the court how's that any different uh, to the court of god if you come in arrogantly, you come in flippantly, you come in apathetically, or whatever, you know, the, the Lord's not even going to listen. Jokers aren't allowed in God's court. The, the, those uh, who have no propriety aren't going to be allowed in. They won't be listened to. The prideful, the arrogant won't be listened to. The obstinate aren't going to be listened to. The goats, the wolves, and the rats aren't going to be listened to. You're not going to be able to petition the king. But if my people, he's the king and the people of the king, the empire of the king, those that want to come and petition the ear of the king, if you want the king to hear you, if my people, not just anyone can come, you must be of his people. He doesn't listen to the petitions of people outside of his kingdom. He only listens to the petitions of those within his kingdom, within his walls. The saved, the saved of God have the ear of God. But again, there, there is a protocol. If my people, which are called by my name, should humble themselves so you see humility of a humble heart humble yourself under the hand of the mighty god humility so no pride we see a, a proper respect and in this respect we see you see seeing each other as equal as well for there's no neither jew nor gentile nor the bond nor free nor the male nor female all are one in christ they were equal in the eyes of god and it doesn't matter who you are what you are what your achievements are it's all irrelevant it's the fact that we are children of god and we're equal we pull the same yoke it doesn't matter how old that ox is or how how much of a veteran that ox is at pulling that what the oxes that are put in the yoke are equal and they pull together no one's better than another one doesn't pull harder or whatever then they're untrue or equal should humble themselves and seek my face my people which are called by my name should humble themselves seek my face so we see the active service of the Lord the active following so we see a continuation like the Bereans in daily daily serving the lord seeking the face of god in all things as how can i serve the lord in this 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 if my people which are called by my by, by my name should humble themselves and pray now what does it mean to pray how often do you pray people ask us well how, how often should i pray okay Let's just look at this one just for a moment. Let's just look at this one for a moment. The word of God is much more than just an instruction manual of doctrine. 
It is that, but it's much more than that. It's also a history book. It teaches history. This is our church history. <laughs> this is our church history. It goes all the way back to Adam. And so we see our church history is the old. This is the best. Um, but in this, we see a lot of people praying. It talks about a lot of people praying and how they pray and manners of praying and styles of praying. And what, what do we get from this? Not ritualism. Well, there's there. Well, there's this ritual of this kind of praying and this ritual. No, no, it's not ritualistic. It's not ritualistic. What what is praying? To pray is to hold conversation. So, in asking the question, "How often should I pray?" You can turn this question back by asking another question to and in thus answering the previous question, like how Jesus would do it often. When someone asked him a question, he would answer it by asking a question. So when you say, how often should I pray? I would say to you, how often should you talk to your mom and dad and your brothers and sisters and friends? How often do you talk to your best friend? How often do you talk to your family? How often do you talk to your spouse? all the time how often should you pray because what is praying it's holding conversation holding discourse where in old english if i wanted to talk with you i would come to you and i would say i pray ye that means i'm giving you an invitation to conversation so when you're praying you're just holding a conversation you're talking with the lord see you realize christianity isn't a cult we're not a cult we're not like the pagan religions where they've turned prayer into this ritualistic standard of special traditionalized formation which is nonsense of the of, uh, chantings and incantations it's a bunch of garbage praying is simple Abba, Father, Father, in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus, could you please help me with this? Um, I, I need to understand how, how to help this person. Could you please give me the words uh, for witnessing here? Lord, uh, where should I go uh, for this? I'm so, i got to pick something up. Could you show me where should I go? That's praying. You could pray in any way of any time, anywhere. Standing, kneeling, laying down, doing jumping jacks. Who, who cares? The point is, is that it's holding conversation, holding discourse with the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, should humble themselves and pray, that means and talk to me regularly like a normal person. To have fellowship with me. And my people would fellowship with me. More than just going to church and tipping your hat to God, but actually taking the faith seriously. That's what he means by that. If my people would take the faith seriously, humble themselves, take the faith seriously, and talk to me. But even more. My people which are called by my name should humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and turn from their wicked ways what does that mean my people 
my people turn from their wicked ways. Hmm. That kind of throws a wrench into the holiness folk. People believe you could be sinless. Well, if you're not sinless, you're not a Christian. If you're sinning, you're not a Christian. Are you, so you're saying that a Christian can't sin? You're telling me a Christian shouldn't sin? Well, uh, well, yeah, we shouldn't, but but shouldn't sin. But if they do, then they're not a Christian. So bunch of nonsense. Those sinlessness people are just they're a cult. But turn from their wicked ways. What does this mean? To to actively seek out the Lord in all things. The Lord would fine tune you, would help you to understand the things in your life that shouldn't be there, and He would help help to purge those things out of your life. All right. So in this, we see if my people would regularly seek my face to better themselves you want to be bettered in the lord you want to live better every day you want to be a bit better you want to be closer to the lord every day you want to understand the lord better in greater wisdom knowledge in fellowship and prayer you want you want to be in the presence of god in everything that you do and that the lord would help you and understand that he will forgive you he'll never let you go so if my people, so the protocol of the court of heaven to petition the ear of God, humility, prayer, active seeking the face of God, repentance, supplication, and thanksgiving. Interesting that there's seven. Seven is the number of God. And so in this, we see... In all those things of Second Chronicles 7.14, people say, well, that was given for the Jews. If my people, this is given to those who believe in the Lord, to the children of God. They're not Jews which are one outward, outwardly, but they, are they which are inwardly. It's circumcision of the heart, not of the flesh. So you see, well, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, all are one in Christ. So it, the passage applies to us. So we see in here the protocol for petitioning the face of God. Humility. Prayer, repentance, zealousness, taking the faith seriously, seeking the face of God. We see supplication, thanksgiving, and one more that goes with this. That all of this is brought up in a certain manner, in a certain spirit. That yes, we we follow all these things, we actively seek these things, not because we, we have to, because... We'd, we'd honestly want to from the heart. But it's all brought up in rejoicing. Now, now, now let's go back through these things one more time with this in mind. Rejoicing. What, what does rejoicing humility look like? Rejoicing humility. If my people, which are called by my name, should humble themselves in joy, rejoicing humility, should humble themselves and pray, rejoicing prayer, and seek my face rejoicingly, and turn from their wicked ways rejoicingly, in supplication rejoicingly, with thanksgiving rejoicingly. That has a whole different picture to it. So when you come to the Lord out of a pure, fervently, 
seeking his face in fellowship, admiration, zealousness, and faith, belief, and trust, love of the Lord, ask him to, to forgive you, to cleanse you, to strengthen you, to teach you, and you're actively seeking the face of God, as it says, we are given boldness to access the throne of grace. When we come to the court of God in this heart, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the zealousness of the Lord, we march across that court floor right up before our Father, and we say, Abba, Father, and he bends his ear to us, and he helps us, and he provides the need. True children. Think about that. Think about that one. And when when we seek this, when we seek this kind of adoration of the Lord in this kind of a heart, careful for nothing, casting all our care upon him, what happens to our minds? What happens to our minds, our hearts? What happens to us? What do you think will happen? What do you think we will wind up achieving by this? As it's a byproduct of this. Peace. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, when our requests are made known unto God in this manner, the peace of God. No longer worrying about answers to prayer. No longer worrying and doubting and fearing and fretting and wringing the hands. And, and Lord, could you please help me? I don't know if he will. There'll be none of that. And the peace of God. The peace about your requests. Peace about every everything that you would have need of. Peace about every situation and circumstance. Peace about all that's going on in the world. You will have peace of mind. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Other people will be looking at you and think that you, there's something wrong with you because you're not even worried about what's going on or whatever situation it may be. You have peace about it. Well, I know the Lord will provide. The Lord will work it out. I'm not even worried about it. The Lord will help. The Lord will part the sea. You show us the way in the wilderness. You bring the manna from heaven, water from the rock, you raise the dead, heal the sick. The, the, I'm, I have peace about it. The Lord will work it out. I may not know exactly how he'll work it out, but he always does. I'm not even worried about it. Peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Now, this word keep, that this peace of God will keep you. You know what that means? That's a that's fortress language. You know, in a castle they have the keep. There's an inner turret that's sur that's surrounded by the soldiers, surrounded by the armaments, surrounded by the wall, surrounded by the army. This is the keep. That where they keep the most treasured things, the highest things, the greatest things, the most important things, the inner keep, the, the, the most secure position in the entire fortress. 
the peace of God will keep your heart and mind. Will keep your faith and thoughts. Your heart and mind. Will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is your keep. He is your fortress. He is your solid rock. He is your faith and joy. He is your armor. He is your wisdom. He is your sanctification, your redemption, your righteousness. He is all things. He is all things and all things of all things. And I don't have to worry about a thing. That when I come to the Lord Jesus, did he ever turn away a single person that came to him and petitioned of him? No. No, he did not. When we turn to the Lord and cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. He will stop and turn around and say to his angels, bring that one to me. I want to speak to them. And they come and they usher you into the court of God up in front of his face. And he says, what would you have me do? And you say, Lord, I want to see again. And he will lay his hands on your eyes and he'll say, then see. See the Son of God. See the peace of God. See the peace that passes all understanding. We see in Isaiah 26. Go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Verse 3. Look at Isaiah 26. Verse 3. Thou wilt keep him. In perfect peace. So you see, Apostle Paul is quoting Isaiah. Apostle Paul is quoting Isaiah 26, verse 3. That will keep him in perfect peace. Same language. Keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind you will be kept under certain protocol. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee you know what that means stayed stand fast standing fast you're staying in spot in position in step rooted grounded unmovable in the same keep you're not leaving you're staying here that will keep him in perfect peace perfect peace the perfection of god the perfect peace of god flawless whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There you go. There you go. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah. Who is Jesus Christ? The mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace. And the perfect peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Psalms 34, verse 7. 
Let's look at Psalms 34, verse 7. Psalms 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord. Now, this this is, means the servant of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord. Now, when you, whenever you see in the Bible where it talks about the the angel of the Lord, that's not Michael. That's not Gabriel. The angel of the Lord is is old Hebrew language for meaning the 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 given gift of the spirit of the Lord that witnesses and testifies that instructs and teaches that uh, that serves the spirit of God that serves the angel of the Lord, that means the spirit of the Lord will encamp round to encamp. Do you know what that means? Well, when, when an army would come up to a city, a town, a castle, a fortress, they would encamp. They would plant themselves and they uh, build the tents and they'd camp there. Then full force around. The full force of the army encamps. Forms, a, forms military camps around. What this means by this verse, that the Spirit of God brings the army of heaven down to you. And God forms by his command angelic military camps all around you. Just like when Elisha says, Lord, open my servant's eyes that he may see. And the servant looked up and saw, round about Elisha. Chariots of fire of the hosts of heaven. The Lord encamps round about them that fear him. That's the holy reverential worship and respect of the protocols that we talked about that fear him and the Lord delivers them. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Therefore, because of this, because of all of this, of the immensity of the goodness, of the gladness, of the joy, of the power, and the peace of God, because of his great uh, great uh, promises, because of his great hold, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I am with you always, even when you're stupid. It doesn't matter. You're held in my hand, and nothing can pluck you out. I will always forgive you. I will always help you. I will teach you all things. Finally, brethren, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. What is truth? Jesus Christ is true. Whatsoever things are true, the things of the Lord are truth. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. 
whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. There it is. The media is in good report. Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, the virtue of Christ, of the goodness, of the purity of Christ, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, rejoice it. Think on these things. Now, if you're into underlining, highlighting, marking your Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Underline the la- uh, in the last four words there. Underline, think on. Think on. Underline, think on these things. Think on. That our minds are to be given to this manner. So whatsoever things are true. Well, what is truth? Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, the life. So we see the way that the Lord teaches of the Lord Jesus Christ, of things that he says, of his doctrines, of his promises, of his ways, his abilities, of of his promises. So if something in this world of situation, circumstance, issues, whatever it is, you, you fill in the blank. If these contradict the character the behavior the nature the doctrine the theology of god almighty you ignore it i'm not gonna think on doubts fears i'm not gonna be given to unbelief i'm not gonna waver in my faith the lord said it and that's enough for me the lord promised it that's enough for me this is what the lord promotes that's enough for me of the character the behavior the nature the aspects all of the details of the person and the words the speech the senses of god the ways of god the ways of heaven of truth honesty justice of god purity of god lovely according to the lord of good report that which it, that which lifts up that which encourages it, the virtue of god the virtue of jesus christ the praise of the lord think on these things don't let your mind go off onto other tangents of issues and problems and fear and doubt and fret and worry and negativity but you stay you stay in the mind of christ as I talk about Christ mindfulness, to be mindful of Christ and the ways of Christ in all that you do and in everything that you do, even in eating and drinking to all to the glory of God, what happens? What happens? What happens when we strive for that? What happens to our minds and hearts when that is our all focus? I press toward the mark. I press toward this. Of this outlook. 
of this mindset, of this behavior, of this kind of faith, of this zealousness, of this fervency. I press toward prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I press toward humility, prayer, uh, and uh, and repentance. I press toward that which is true. I press toward the honesty of God. I press toward the justice of God. I press toward the purity of God. I press toward the mark of the prize of that which is lovely of Christ. I press toward the things which are of good report of the Lord. I press toward the promises of God. I pre- Do you get the picture? I press toward it. I fight for that. I fight for that. That is what I'm warring for. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds, the fortresses, as we've been talking about, the fortresses of fear, the fortresses of doubt, the fortresses of unbelief, the fortresses of the negativity of this world that would seek to ruin our joy of the Lord. I want to tear them down. Tear down the reports that the world keeps giving of trying to keep us in a state of fear. The fear mongerers. I tear down their reports. Why would you want to give your mind to fear and unbelief, fear and an intimidation of the things of this world? I don't even fear the fear of hell because I'm in the hand of God and there's nothing they can do. I press toward that which is of praise. I press toward rejoicing always and again I say rejoice. Rejoicing even in tribulation because I'm not even worried about that. We, we look at the many, many, many examples. Whether it be the burning fiery furnace or the lion's den or the dungeon of St. Paul. <laughs> we look at all the things that are going on. It doesn't matter. I rejoice anyways. I, I, I cause the, the iron bars of my cell to shake with the praises of God. I'll go to the chopping block like Paul did. I'll even go to the chopping block praising God. Because my executioner needs to hear the gospel too. And Jesus Christ atoned for his sin too. And wants him to be saved too. So rejoicing always. I show my neighbor that while we're in our societies of debauchery and immorality and filth. Unlike Lot, who vexed his righteous soul with their sin. But unlike Lot, instead, I'm going to live different. I'm going to stand out, stand apart, come apart uh, from among them, be separate, say that the Lord had touched not the unclean thing, and I will hear you. The joy of the Lord to be all-encompassing, all-fulfilling, the all-immersion, the all-immersion in the joy of the Lord. Glad tidings of great joy because God is alive. Because God did come. He did keep his promise. And he is keeping his promise. His word is standing always. His word survives empires. 
His word survives the oppressions and the tribulations. His church, his saints survive. The faith survives. The gospel has gone into all the world. That's enough to rejoice. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. Think on these things. Think on these things. Verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen, do. You've seen it, you've experienced it, you, uh, you have witnessed it by me, as Paul says. You've both learned and received and heard and seen in me. As I'm an example, Paul says, so do. Imitate. Do the same. Do the same things. You've seen it in me, so do it. Do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You have peace as in all the saints. You have peace in everything that you do. You have peace in all your petitions. Peace in all your workings. Peace in all that you do. You have peace about it. Do you want perfect peace? Because what, what does the world promote? What is the world teaching? Fear. Fear, intimidation, fear, unbelief, fear, giving up. What does the Lord teach? Pressing forward. Keep marching. Keep fighting. Keep standing. Keep believing. Keep pressing forward. Though a thousand fall by thy side, I am with you, the Lord says. Don't worry about what happens around you. Don't worry about those falling around you. Keep praying. Keep working. Keep preaching. Keep teaching. Keep witnessing. Men and women, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. Help the men. Help the women. Help the saints, the brothers and sisters in Christ, to stand together, to work together, to, uh, to keep pressing toward the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, in joy and rejoicing always. And again, I say rejoice. For our king is on the throne, and you cannot dethrone him. You cannot dethrone him. The God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Talking about, you cared for me, you wanted to help me, but you didn't have a, a means or a way to help me out, Paul says. Now that I speak, not that I speak in respect of one, not because I actually wanted anything, for I have learned, and whatsoever state I am therewith to be content, I know both how to be a base, I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with, with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Let's back up. Not that I speak in respect of want. I, it's not that I, I wanted anything. But you helped me anyways. Out of the pureness of your heart. But even in all of this, whether I received nothing or received much, I have learned. I have learned. So this is something that's that's not just given to you. This is This is a mindset that you grow into. That you have to learn. 
And what is that? That in rejoicing and serving the Lord and trusting the Lord and learning to trust the Lord. It's an odd thing to say, but it's true. You learn to trust the Lord. In learning to trust the Lord, I have learned in whatsoever state I am. Though I'm free as a free man or bound in chains in a dungeon. Though, though uh, weak or strong, he healthy or sick, full or starving. I have learned whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Because that's the state that the Lord has given to me for this moment. This may not be the way it's always going to be. Let us stop thinking like that. For every day is different. His mercies are new every morning. The state that we are in, learn to be content. Contentedness is peace of mind. Contentedness is peace of mind. And in this contentedness of this peace of mind, I know both how to be a base, I know how to abound. I know, meaning, I know how to flourish in spirit, in mind, heart. I know how to flourish, and whether it's in abasement or in freedom, in elevation. Whether I'm constricted or free, I know how to be content. Everywhere and in all things everywhere and in all things i am instructed of the lord both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need i become all things to all men that i might gain some because verse 13 i can do all things that through starvation or in fullness whether strong or weak, in whatever state that comes my way, whatever circumstances come my way, whatever situations, issues, problems, challenges, what's it, whatever, the walls of Jericho to the Goliaths to, to the great uh, emptiness of the wilderness. I can do all things, meaning I can, I can bear. I can bear. All things, all situations, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And how does he strengthen you? Answer the question. Someone in the comments, answer the question. How does he strengthen you? What is our strength of faith? What strengthens our faith? What strengthens our born-again Christianity? What strengthens our prayer? What strengthens our outlook on Christ? So therefore... What gives us the ability to bear all things, to be content? What have we been talking about? One thing. It's a three-letter word. Joy of the Lord. That's right. The joy. Joy. The joy. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do all things, bear all things, suffer all things, go through anything. It doesn't matter what it is. All things through the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Notwithstanding, ye have well done. O Philippians, you have done this so well. You've achieved this so well. You are my crowning joy, Paul says. You have achieved this mindset of this outlook, this practice of Christ-likeness. Ye have well done. Ye did communicate with my affliction, that you communicated with me while I was under affliction and tribulation, being chained down and opposed. You communicated with me the joy. You communicate with my affliction, your joy. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. All others were around, but no one stood with me. No one actually reached out to help me except you, O Philippians. For even in Thessalonica, Ye sent once and again into my necessity. While I was at another church, you reached out to me to help me so that I could help them. Not because I desired it. And, and you did this not because I wanted anything or I actually needed anything, but you did it anyways. But you did it anyways. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But rather... I desire that, that instead of actually receiving anything, but that which I would receive is manifestations of Christ's likeness through you. I want to see the fruit of Christ manifested. I want you to, to share the fruit of Christ. Because manifesting the fruit of Christ is more important than manifesting actual physical gain, physical accessory. But I have all and abound i have everything that i need because i have the lord he owns the cattle on a thousand hills he owns the he owns the treasure stores of heaven i'm i'm in no worry i'm in no need because i have the lord and in the lord can manifest whatever i need he could bring anyone along my way he can help me in any way i'm not worrying I'm content because I have Jesus Christ. Just as John the Baptist was not fearful. As John the Baptist knew, as Moses knew, as Elijah knew, as the great servants of the Lord know. Do you know? Do you have that mind? Are you content? Do you have peace? Do you really? The peace that passeth all understanding, the great contentedness of the joy of the Lord, knowing that the Lord is with you, He will help you in all things, and you're not worried. Are you fearing? Are you fearful? Do you doubt your prayers? Do you worry about the outcome? Do you worry about tomorrow? Are you fretting of the past? Cast it all away. Cast your care upon him. Be careful for nothing. But call upon the Lord who is always with you. Will never leave you nor forsake you because you are his child. Come before the Lord. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may, he may exalt you in due time. But I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. 
thanksgiving the sacrifices of thanksgiving of seeing that they do care is what what meant more to paul was not the actual gifts what meant over him was the fact that they would do that the fact that they do care that they that they do want to help build up the joy in others that means more to paul than even the very things that they place in his hands he cares more about the spiritual well-being than even the financial or or the the actual physical gain They sent things to help cheer him up, but the, it was the fact that they sent, not the things, but that they sent is what cheered him up. As one preacher once told, uh, 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 told was that when you go to serve the Lord in ministry, that it's the same joy, it's the same thanksgiving, it's the same outlook on the individuals of a person uh, who who walks with you gives nothing or if a person gives you a penny or a thousand dollars same joy it's the same thanksgiving and it's the same spirit and it's the same behavior it's the same attributes the same nature you would show to the person though they're walking with you and share nothing or they share a penny or a thousand dollars doesn't matter it's the fact that they're with you it doesn't matter. You store up yourselves treasure in heaven. You look at the things which are spirit, not the things that are physical, because the Lord can can bring your need from a rock. He can bring the need of a great blessing. He can bring the promised land out of a great wilderness. He can part the sea. He bring water from the rock. So don't worry about the physical. Don't worry about the financial. Don't worry about the things, but rather seek to build up that which is spiritual spiritual kingdom not earthly we're here to to promote a spiritual kingdom we're here to fight for a spiritual kingdom not an earthly we're not gaining an earthly empire we have the empire of heaven if my kingdom were of this world then would my servants fight jesus said rather what are we fighting we're fighting for something that is spiritual for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal not physical they're not carnal but are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god the knowledge of god knowing that he is able knowing he sets sinai on fire knowing that he can raise a kingdom and cast it down that god gives god takes away blessed be the name of the lord the, the Lord, the, the Lord, he can uh, bring the way in the wilderness. I worry of nothing, but I rejoice in the Lord and I rejoice in those that are walking with me in the joy of the Lord. And I seek to promote the joy of the Lord in all things. I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which are sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. That's Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, and we went verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. See, we offer not physical sacrifices. We don't go and gather a lamb out of the flock and take it over to an altar and sacrifice as a burnt uh, sacrifice unto God. We don't do that. But rather, our sacrifices are spiritual. 
the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of praise, the incense of prayer. Look what it says. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That this altar would always be burning. This altar would always be burning. A sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, what is the sacrifice of praise? The fruit. We see so many works-based individuals talking about, well, you got to bear fruit, you got to maintain fruit, and you got to do fruit, you got to uh, produce fruit. You know what God actually wants? Because God does not care about the fruit of your hands, about physical works. See, God does not care about, about our righteous works so much as he does the fruit of our lips. Because if you're doing all, all of your Christian duties, but not in praise, those are corrupted sacrifices. Those are watered down altars. That means nothing to him. You could go to church fervently. You could read your Bible, pray, do all the stuff. But if you're not doing it in a state of praise, God couldn't care less about it. He doesn't care about those altars. Those are dead altars, rotten fruit. But the fruit of your lips, the fruit of praise, the fruit of rejoicing, the rejoice in all things that you pray in praise. You serve in praise and rejoicing. You work in rejoicing. You petition him rejoicing. Sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips. Whether we're being led to the burning fiery furnace or we're being led to the great mountaintop. Whether it's a dungeon or free, healthy or sick, rich or poor, strong or weak, let us always praise. Let us always praise. Let us always rejoice because the glad tidings of great joy has come, is come, is forever, and will always be. For our Lord Jesus Christ cannot be dethroned. He is with us always. He's with us in the valleys of death or the mountaintops. He's with us in the dungeons and he's with us free. He's where two or three are gathered together. There am I in the midst of them. And even if we're all alone, he's at our shoulder. He will never let us go. But I have all. I am full. I'm in need of nothing. Because I have the king. Is the cry of John the Baptist. Is the cry of every prophet. Is the cry of every disciple. Is the proud booming statement of every servant of God that takes the faith seriously. It doesn't matter if you're in a three-piece suit or rags, whether you have two mites or a billion dollars, whether your home is a cardboard box or a mansion. Things do not dictate reality. Accessories do not please God. It's the fruit of lips. God cares about the joy of the heart. The joy of the heart. To follow Christ rejoicing. 
walking and leaping and praising God. That's what the Lord looks for. That's what the Lord looks for. That when he opens the eyes, your blind eyes, that he would see your smiling face and the rejoicing of your heart. That's the point. That's why he provides. So you'd rejoice. So you'd rejoice. That's why he answers the prayer. So you'd rejoice. That is why he is with us. So you'd rejoice. So there'd be no place for the devil. Give no place to the devil. Fear, doubt, worry, fretting, stressing, anguish. Give no place to the things of the devil, whether temptation, sin, or even fear, or caring. Cast your care upon the Lord. Verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches. <laughs> How rich do you think God is? Put a number on it. How rich do you think he is? He spoke the universe into existence, but by a spoken word, he spoke it into existence. Uh, how, how wealthy do you think he is? See, it's not about wealth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's just metaphorical language, just so you understand he's, he can always provide. He's not, it's not a problem. God defies the laws of nature. Water isn't supposed to come from a rock. Water doesn't turn to wine. Bread and fish aren't supposed to just multiply themselves. It's not supposed to happen, but it did. See, the thing is, the barrel of meal is supposed to run out. The jar of oil is supposed to run out. But my God shall supply all your need. What, what needs? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew 6. Let's go back to Matthew 6. And we want verses, starting at verse 25. Matthew 6. Therefore, this Jesus is talking here. Jesus, the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh, says in Matthew 6, verse 25, Therefore, I say unto you, therefore, it's a commandment. This is a commandment of God. You want to talk about laws and commandments? This is a commandment. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or yet for your body, we shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? It's what I've been saying lately. Verse 26, But the fowls of the air, the birds of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor, their, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow's cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, language meaning the unsaved unbelievers, do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But rather, but rather, seek not things of this earth, but rather seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the face of God. My people which are called by my name should humble themselves and pray and seek my face. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. What things? Whatsoever things ye have need of. Whatsoever things ye desire. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Don't even worry about tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to the day's evil thereof. Take no thought for your life. For you belong to the Lord. Do, do the does the parent neglect the child does a loving faithful protecting parent neglect their child no they would give their lives for their children how much more do you think our heavenly father us his children you think he'll care for you you think he'll help you he knows what you have need if the parent knows what the child needs the parent knows when the child is hungry, child needs to be clothed, cared for, cleaned, whatever. The parent knows. Our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, so much the more for us. But my God, my God, your God, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren that are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. I love that one. Do you know what he means there? Do you know what Apostle Paul means by all those that are of Caesar's household? Who is Caesar in this context? Of Philippians chapter 4, verse 22. Which Caesar is he talking about? That's Nero. Madman, church slaughtering, God hating, immoral, debaucherous, murderous, evil, wicked demonic devil of a man nero himself his palace <laughs> oh the irony is awesome that a number of nero's own servants are born again christians he tried to kill the church so god sought and saved a bunch of the slaves and servants in caesar's household <laughs> we will flourish the faith will flourish 
and they can do nothing about it. Ahab and Jezebel, Ahab's own right-hand man, the main servant of Ahab, was Obadiah, who, who's, who protected the prophets and fed them and cared for them out of Ahab and Jezebel's own mouths. They didn't even know. The Lord is able. The Lord will provide. The Lord will protect. The Lord knows how to fight. He is the king. He is the general. He's the father. He is our sanctification. He is our redemption. He is our peace. He is our joy. He is our power. He is he is our breath. He is our light. He is our bread. He is our strength. He guides the feet. He guides the hands. He holds the heart. He teaches the mind. He gives us the words with which to say. He reveals all things to us. He is our all in all. By him all things consist. What's left for us? Rejoice. 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 And again I say rejoice. All hail King Jesus. Rejoice. All the saints salute you. All the saints salute you. Salute the King of Kings. Salute the Lord of Lords. Salute the Lord of Glory. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. And that's the end of the book of Philippians. The happiest book of the Bible. The happiest book of the Bible. Think about these things. Think on these things. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. His, he strengthens us through his joy. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, and the Lord, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. The peace and the gladness and the joy of the Lord is what holds us, is what gives us strength to stand, is what gives us breath to pray, gives us the wisdom to teach, gives us the strength to stand. So strengthen the feeble knees, confirm the weak ankles, lift up the hands which hang down, and lift up your voice like a trumpet, and declare to the people the air of their ways. Teach them, instruct them, show them that God is alive. He's still on the throne. The church is still here. The saints are still here. The saints are still roaming the halls of Caesar's household. They can't stop us. They can't stop us. Though the enemy comes to try to stomp out the light, the, the fire of God will still burn throughout. It goes into all the world and they can't put it out. They can't put it out. Though they take all your freedom from you, they can't take your faith. Though you lose everything, like Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The devils can do nothing against me unless God wills it. We look to the Lord. He is our all in all. For glad tidings of great joy is given to all people. For unto you is given the Son of God. Unto you is given the Prince of Peace. Unto you it is given by grace the Spirit of God who seals you indwells the heart of every believer. He will teach you all things. 
He holds you in his hand. You'll be in need of nothing. For he is God, and there is none else. Trust ye in the Lord Jehovah. Trust ye in the King of Kings, the, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the one whose ways are of old, even of everlasting, was born in Bethlehem by the Virgin, spoken of by all the prophets. I, the speaker to thee, am he, Jesus says. Trust ye in the Lord Jesus Christ, for in him is life. He's the one that causes the jar of oil to not run out. So look to him. Don't look at the jar. Look at him. Seek the oil of gladness, not the oil of the jar. For it's the oil of gladness that filled the jar. Amen. So with that, you got any comments, questions, issues, insights, anything at all, please, by all means, go ahead, ask, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. And if you appreciate these studies, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up, make sure you sub subscribe, hit the notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We've got tons and tons and tons of other content, other playlists and goodies. As well as make sure to check out our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We have multiple other platforms. Uh, our links are there on our website. They'll guide you over there. We have free downloadable gospel track PDFs. All you do is got to click it and you can uh, get the PDF to print them off. And we also have uh, email version copies there. So you can email the tracks out as well. Get busy about the service of the Lord. Get the tracks out there. So they're free. No catch. 100% free. All you got to do is print them off yourself. So with that, um, that wraps it up there. So let's check out the comments to see if there's anything else. Um, no, oh, good morning, good morning, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. There we are, Merry Christmas. Uh, good morning, good morning. I have so much praise. I want to uh, bust in with and report, but let me just say, our Lord provides. Amen. Purely says, Amen, Amen um purely says i can't imagine not being in commune all day with the lord ever again he makes me too happy brings me so much peace and is the one i can trust with everything that brings me down amen um uh hennings says peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you not as the world giveth give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid amen amen um going down through and some verses shared trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding proverbs 3 5 amen and the lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth he fulfills the desires of those who fear him and he also hears their cry and saves them psalms 145 amen um cast all your care on him for he cares for you first peter 5 7 amen so that's that's uh that's what it's all about and that's what philippians is given for yes you read through the bible and read about the challenges and all these things and he as he is given to us understanding and teaching to stand and fight but he also gives us a mindset the mindset is not antagonism arrogance or or aggressivity but we see the peace of god the peace to stand to call down the fire Yes, we are given a sword, but we're told to be merciful. We're told to be meek. The meek shall inherit the earth. 
We're told to be like Christ, promoting the things of the Lord. The attitude that we're told to be Christ-like, not Peter-like. We're told to be Christ-like, not Paul-like. We're told to be Christ-like. So let us look to him, the name above all names. Some say I'm of Paul, some say I'm of Cephas, some say I'm of Apollos, but are we not all one under Christ? It's all about him. He is the all-focus. He is the all-focus. He's the father of all things. By him all things consist. That includes giving and receiving. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We, we bellyache for nothing. We gripe for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with rejoicing, let your requests be made known unto God. So with that, wrap that up there. Okay, so... Um, that's it for that. And as well, folks, again, I just want to remind you, for those who weren't at here at the beginning, uh, next week we are taking off. So I will not be here. There will be no broadcasts from uh, the 25th to the 1st. Uh, we're taking that off. So uh, uh, after tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll see how it goes for tomorrow. There may be a Christmas Eve broadcast, just kind of a Q&A kind of thing. Uh, just the last finishing up uh, uh, for that because we won't be back until the new year. And so if you want to tune in for tomorrow, hope to see you there. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you in the new year. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Folks, be safe. Trust in the Lord. Rejoice always. Now go. The things you have both seen, heard, and learned of me, do. As Paul says, do it. Go do it. You've heard it. You've learned it. You saw it. Now go do it. So God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ, God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.